The Transport Workers Union Local 513 podcast with second vice president Brian Parker is online and streaming. Take it away, Brian. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Transport Workers Union Local 513 podcast. Joining me again today is Greg Cozy. Thanks for joining me today, Greg. Thanks for having me, Brian. Thank you. So if you would, since we're getting started here, bring everybody up to speed on kind of what's transpired since our last podcast, which I think was about three weeks ago. Well, I think everybody knows by now that the company has decided to furlough 2,225 fleet service agents across the system. They are working on a list for our GSE and our facility brothers and sisters. So, yeah, that's I think that is the utmost important uh, thing that's transpired in the past uh, two weeks or so. Yeah, well, that is, uh, you know, it's pretty heartbreaking what's going on to see so many of our brothers and sisters either leave voluntarily and, you know, and take the early out program and, and move on with their life. It's admirable that many of them stepped away at a time they probably weren't ready, but they understood that uh, it might be a good time for them to help some of the younger members. And then we're going to see a lot of movement around the system with the people who were impacted in this furlough that stays on the clock. Yes. You know, my heart really bleeds for our members uh, who are undergoing this this whole thing. I've personally experienced it three times in my career with American, and uh, I know how devastating it can be to your family. You have to make a life altering decision. And uh, it's something that I, I did not take lightly. And I suggest that our members not take lightly. It's a. Uh, it, it, it changes your life. It really does. And so, uh, you know, even if you're uh, a member who's uh, being furloughed from full time to part time and you stay part time in Dallas, it changes your economic status. So, yeah, it's it, it's an impact all the way around. And so uh, it's it's to be felt not just immediately, but it's one of those things that have a, has a repercussion effect to to you and your family. As far as the changes we're very, I guess, not, I don't know if the word is fortunate, but you're right. We had many of our senior members take the voluntary early out. We had other members take the voluntary leave, which alleviated some of the layoff number. But uh, obviously it wasn't enough. And you're right. We should thank them for the years of service and dedication that they've had, not just as union members, but as co-workers and friends. We will never forget them or the fact that they did you know, in a way, sacrifice their careers for younger people. And that's really part of what unionism is all about. You know, we sacrifice personally for the greater good. And so uh, I'm very pleased to be able to say to them a job well done. Yeah, very well said, Greg. Before we get into too much more about the furlough, because I know there's a lot of misinformation I see, uh, or I don't see necessarily, but I hear a lot of people saying they're, they're reading something on Facebook or my coworker told me, but before we get into some of that, let's talk about our membership meetings because we had our membership meetings last week. Kind of touch on how impactful, because I know it was for you and I both, we've spoke. It was a really, really, it was, it was good in one sense to be in front of the members and be able to dispel some misinformation, but it was tough. It was tough looking yeah. the members in the eye and knowing what they're going through. Yeah. So to your point, it was very good to be able to have a membership meeting again. We see that the spikes have kind of lessened as far as the COVID-19 is concerned. And so we felt as a board that it, we could have a membership meeting. We had it in a different venue, which allowed for some greater social distancing. We tried to eliminate the touch points. 
So we provided a box lunch and we handed water and masks and um, we had hand sanitizer available. So we, you know, we eliminated touch points. We cleaned in between the meetings, but it was really good to just be able to uh, try to reconnect with our members again. We had really good numbers. I was very surprised at that. But yeah, it was much needed. You know, we do the podcast, we've done a video, we we put out a lot of communications in an effort to, you know, give information and connect with our members, but there's nothing like a membership meeting. And so you're right, it was bittersweet because the content was so heavy and so powerful with respect to the layoffs. You know, it was very tough. It was very emotional at times uh, because of the anger that I honestly feel for the company, for the way that they're treating our members. That I think some of it spilled over into the meetings, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I was I'm very upset about you know the fact that our members basically got two days notification that their lives were going to change, and uh, and then it was also very tough to sit there and, and you know talk to those members who were being affected by it, you know to look them in the eye and know that their lives were shaken at this point, and so uh, yeah, it was very it was very tough. But again, back to the point, it. it it's always good to to be in front of the members. Yeah, it was good to uh, be in front of the members. I know there was several questions come up from the floor, and a lot of them, again, I'm going to lead back to my earlier point, they have a lot of misinformation. They're not getting the proper information because they're not going to the resources, which would be their union reps, be it a steward, a chairman, executive board member, or call in the hall. Yes, well, you know, I always say that we live in a microwave society. And so we uh, we always want things right away or we want our responses right away. And part of that is the fact that people sometimes don't take enough time to do their research. Uh, the best thing out there as a resource for information as far as a contract is concerned is the contract. You know, I've suggested to everyone that they download it. The contract is available on JetNet. But, uh, you know, especially now. I think that we have to familiarize ourselves with the contract, with the articles of, the, of all of the articles of the contract, but especially the articles that pertain to layoffs and recalls and transfers right now, because that's the environment that we're in. But you're right. I mean, you know, uh, the other resources are always available. Uh, you can call the hall. We all have cell phones. We answer email. Our shop stewards are, are there, you know, virtually around the clock, seven days a week. So. Yeah, rather than, you know, feed into the misinformation of Facebook, then they should really actually reach out to, to someone who knows or that can find out for sure. People speculate all the time. They go on Facebook and they pose questions. And then we have a bunch of what we call gatehouse lawyers try to, you know, give their interpretation of the contract. And, and while open and honest dialogue and discussion about issues at work, you know, I promote that wholeheartedly. But it, it sometimes doesn't do our membership any good when they don't have, you know, the 100 percent fact. So, yeah, my suggestion is to always familiarize yourself with the contract. And then when you have those questions, contact the union rep for discussion. Yeah, because uh, what we hear a lot is uh, people saying, well, the last time I was furloughed or the last time I was laid off. They're referring to going back to our previous contract. Yeah. We're under a new agreement. Whole new agreement. And there's some very stark differences uh, within this agreement. Right. And, you know, and, and from the times that people were laid off before, moving expenses is one thing. Previously, American provided, uh, although it was never enough, but they would provide some resources to help you move. Yeah. And now they're not doing that. Yeah, they, uh, they negotiated that out of this uh, current agreement. 
before there were uh, moving expenses and uh, an allowment of, you know, 12-5, that's no longer in our agreement. So, you know, our people need to understand that if you accept a transfer to another station or furlough to another station, bump into another station, whatever you want to call it, the cost is yours. There is no moving expense, then the company is not obligated to, you know, move your furniture, your cars or whatever. Uh, you have to incur that cost. So that's another factor that you have to really sit down with your family and try to figure out if that's, you know, what you want to do, if you're going to be capable from a financial standpoint to do so. But yeah, that's uh, just one of the changes. I mean, as far as travel is concerned, they used to give you positive space travel. Now it's not even positive space. So, I mean, there's just little nuances about this that people really need to familiarize themselves with. Well, I know that your hope and my hope and is that this is a short-lived situation. The operation comes back up quickly and members are recalled back to where they were furloughed from. So hopefully that happens. Uh, I do know that they're still pushing for the uh, clean extension to the CARES Act, which would provide payroll support. So hopefully that still happens. And American has said that they're committed to peeling all this back if that happens. Yes, that is if it happens before September the 30th. Unfortunately, I don't know. You know, uh, I don't think any of us have a crystal ball, so we certainly can't predict what's going to happen. But I, I do agree with you. Hopefully things do change from, a, you know, from the COVID pandemic standpoint, uh, that people get more confidence in travel again, that people have enough money to travel, that the industry turns around that American, you know, decides to go back to a more full schedule. And of course, that our, our members get recalled and come back home. Yeah. If you would, uh, Greg, touch on the furlough process a little bit. Now we're talking about a furlough, a layoff. Our members are going to be impacted, but this is round one. What happens after round one? So today is the last day to make their, their option or their selection. The award should come out on September the 14th. And for those uh, members who've been impacted to the point where they don't have an option or that they've chosen to be furloughed to the street, then uh, the last day on the clock will be uh, September the 30th. But the second round is just as important as the first. Uh, the second round is where you'll see a lot of the bumping and or movement from other stations. The folks who are in DFW who get impacted by, uh, let's say, a full timer who elects to go part time in DFW. During the second round, you may see some of our part timers who don't have a lot of seniority feel the impact at that point. Uh, we have a very different situation here in DFW because as we've laid almost 700 full timers off, they've increased the number of vacancies for part time. So the impact to the part timer and our station is not quite as severe as it possibly could have been. Uh, they're adding somewhere close to 400, not quite, but close to 400 part-time positions. So what we believe will happen will be that our full-timers who are being furloughed will probably stay in station part-time or elect to stay part-time here at DFW. And I think the vast majority of those folks will take those quote-unquote vacancies that they've declared. But round two, that's when the impact of the out-of-station bump, or like I said, the uh, the more junior part-timers would be affected then. Okay, and uh, I want to move on to the next subject, and it's a very touchy subject, and it's the shift bid that's upcoming here at DFW. I know that for as long as I've been at DFW at American, 30-plus years, 
the union has always been involved, not just in helping to build the bids, but obviously facilitating the bids and helping execute the bidding process. There's been a change and we've made a decision as a board to pull away from that process. And I would like for you to explain exactly why we made that decision. Yeah, Brian, that decision uh, was an extremely tough decision to make. No decision of this magnitude is made in a vacuum. And we also realized the effect or the possible effect that it could have on our members. But as a board, we decided that there was no way we could stand behind a bid that had inherent contract violations. For example, the allocator positions or the control crew chief positions. We firmly believe that that work is ours. And the fact that the company took that away off that bid, in our opinion, is a contract violation. Also, you know, and and you've been involved with bids before, we seek to always promote seniority. And, you know, we believe whether it's a part-time or a full-timer that those folks with seniority should have premium shifts, meaning early shifts, good days off, et cetera, et cetera. And so there's a philosophical difference between the union and the company on how a bid should look and how it should serve our members. Now, don't get me wrong. We understand that the bid has to meet the needs of the operation, but there are things that we have worked on in, you know, in the past to sort of mitigate some of the changes that the companies wanted to make on the bid. And so uh, we find ourselves at this point unable to to just sit down at the table with them and try to work through that bid process. In the past, we've mitigated some shifts that we felt didn't really benefit our members. And at this point, the company just pushed back. We, we just didn't feel that we needed to be in that argument anymore. Like I said, you know, there's a contractual violation. We, we've grieved uh, for the allocator positions. We will, you know, upset a presidential grievance for that. But in the interim, uh, as far as us facilitating the bid, uh, we realize that it's an impact to our members. But we do a disservice sometimes to our members by sitting in that room. And it seems like it's a tacit endorsement of the bid when we participate in that process. And the reality is it's impossible for us to sit there and facilitate the bid knowing that this bid harms our members. And so uh, we took a stand, we took a definite stand on it, and we're asking our members to support us in this uh, because it is in benefit of them uh, that we do so. And it's gonna be in benefit of the members too. Understand, and again, I'm, I'm being redundant, but they really need to learn the language in the new agreement, starting with uh, the new bid language and what the requirements are there but they certainly need to learn the new contractual language because there's differences and the company has already proven that they have no problem violating the contract. They basically view the contract as a a wish list or a, a, a book of guidelines when it's actually an agreement between two parties that both parties will adhere to it. And what happens is, is when our members don't uphold their end of the contract, there's discipline, When the company doesn't uphold theirs, we have to go through the grievance procedure to get a remedy. So we need our members to know the contract and know what their protections are so that we can keep them from being harmed. Absolutely. And as it pertains to the bid, Article 14, the new language in the the agreement, they need to be aware of that. They need to know that uh, no one will bid for them unless they have a proxy, uh, a signed proxy by, you know, by the member. Uh, But more importantly, 
the bed times are the bed times. And, you know, when our guys, our shop stewards were in the bedroom running the bed, we would ensure that uh, our folks were taken well taken care of, that we exhausted every measure to try to reach out to them to uh, contact them for their bid. And uh, and if they did not show up for whatever reason, we would slot our members the best that we could. The language precludes that now. And uh, it's really important for each member to be present at their bid time. And that means that if you're you know, working a flight, you need to notify your crew chief. If you're a crew chief, notify the coordinator. But you need to be there at your bid time. The company was very clear with us that they were not going to re- replace anybody to go bid. Uh, we did ask them about that because we knew that there were going to be issues. And uh, again, they failed to respond or to give a reasonable solution to a situation. And so we're making the, the clear suggestion that you have the contractual right to go bid at your bid time. And so if I'm clear, if I go to bid for you in this bidding process, I'm going to need to have that proxy showing that it's okay for me to bid for you, correct? Correct, yes. Okay. All right, Greg, uh, we've talked about the furloughs. We talked about the process. Uh, we've talked about the differences in the contractual language and the importance for our members to uh, sit down and learn the new language. Uh, at least uh, whatever situation they're going through at that time, they need to familiarize themselves with that. Uh, is there anything else that we need to discuss before we go today? Yeah, what I would like to emphasize is one of the takeaways from the membership meeting was the need for us to reconnect. And I don't just mean from a membership meeting standpoint, several of our members stood up and they were very clear and specific that we are family. You know, uh, what I always say, you know, at the beginning of a membership meeting is welcome home. And it's, you know, it's well documented that we in fact spend more time with our coworkers than we do sometimes with our own families. But what, what is being lost, I think a little bit is the fact that we are family. And that right now we're hurting. We're going through a process. We're losing some of our brothers and sisters. Uh, some will go to other stations and some will, will actually, you know, not have a job. And uh, everybody's impacted, regardless of whether or not you receive a furlough notice or, or not. I mean, you know, from a work standpoint, the shifts that you normally work are not available. From a personal standpoint, guys and women that we, you know, we've shared break rooms and, and zone areas with may or may not be there in in the coming weeks. And so I think it's really important that we take a step back and that we realize that we are family, that we have to stop pointing fingers at at one another and being angry with one another. Uh, The union didn't lay anybody off. No coworker laid anybody off. The reality is this company did affect a whole bunch of people's lives. And I'm not saying even to be angry at the company because I am and I have to get over it. But what we have to do is not lose sight of the fact that we're all human beings, that we all have these feelings, that we have to be a little bit sensitive to the fact that someone that we happen to be sharing a belly with today may or may not be here tomorrow. And so we just have to learn to treat each other a little bit better. Uh, These are difficult times. Uh, We know that the industry is suffering uh, right now, that the airline industry is about 75 percent of what it was last year. We all know that American is is running a schedule about 55% less capacity. So those are things that that are rooted in reality. But we just have to be more cognizant of the fact that, you know, we're all human and we just need to treat each other a little bit better. 
I agree. And I think that uh, it's incumbent upon the senior members that have been around and that, uh, so to speak, are not directly impacted by this furlough, even though we're all impacted in some way or another. I think it's incumbent upon us, whether for a union representative or a crew chief or just a co-worker, to try to assist and help these younger members that are being directly impacted in this furlough. Absolutely. I mean, you know, some of my uh, bittersweet memories of, of myself being laid off were the fact that I could always, I felt comfortable in going to a union rep. I felt comfortable in going to a senior crew chief and kind of talking through it and and that person sharing a little bit of their wisdom with me. And I'll, I'll never forget that. Those relationships mean, you know, they meant the world to me then and they mean still mean the world to me now, you know, years later. And so, um, yeah, you just never know how you can touch somebody's life with the kind word or some good advice. And so, um, yeah, that's just it just goes back to just treating people with some respect and dignity. And it starts at home. And, it, and I consider that ramp and I consider our facility maintenance areas and DWH, et cetera, et cetera. That's home. I agree. And uh, you said it and I'll say it, too. I'm very, very angry with American Airlines right now, and I'm very frustrated. I can't let that anger and frustration uh, get in the way of what's the most important is that we need to do our level best to represent our members and be there for them in this time of need. Absolutely. Like I said, at the membership meetings, we took an oath to uh, uphold the Constitution of the Transport Workers Union. We took an oath to uphold the bylaws of Local 513. And every officer, executive board member and shop steward is committed to do so. And we will be there 110 percent in support, defense of our members. Absolutely. And Greg, I want to thank you for your leadership. I think that you're the right person at the right time to lead us through this crisis. And it is a crisis and hopefully it's a temporary crisis and we come out better on the other side. Well, thank you for your kindness, Brian. I, uh, I certainly hope that I am. I uh, have a tremendous board to rely on. And more importantly, we have some tremendous members. Yes, we do. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening today. And uh, again, Greg, thank you for joining. Thank you for having me, Brian. Everyone have a great day and please be safe. For questions and comments about today's podcast, please email podcast at twulocal513.org. For more information about TWU Local 513, please visit www.twulocal513.org. Music licensed by Pond5. Today's podcast was produced, engineered, and edited by Tommy Engel.